Welcome to Left Foot. We invite fresh conversation on business development. Now here's your host, Nicole Giantonio. Today's episode is sponsored by Lawline, a leading provider of online continuing legal education to attorneys nationwide. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Left Foot. Today, our guest is Pierre Gentin, a partner in the litigation practice at Cahill, Gordon, and Rendell. Welcome, Pierre. Thank you. Pierre represents clients in disputes, litigation, investigations, and regulatory enforcement matters with a focus on the financial services sector. Before joining Cahill in late 2015, he was in senior legal and risk positions at Credit Suisse for close to 20 years, advising Credit Suisse before, during, and after the financial crisis and representing them in front of government officials. Pierre, I've given our listeners some insight into your role and background. Can you expand on what I've said and give us a glimpse into who you are personally? Oh, sure. Well, I actually started out as more of a literature person, a music person in college, and I've kept up uh, really those aspects of my life through my legal career as well. But after college, I went to law school and I've done a number of different things in the law. I started out at a law firm. And then I uh, was an assistant United States attorney here in Manhattan in the Southern District of New York in the civil division, uh, which was a a really wonderful, wonderful job. And after uh, some years of that, I became a in-house lawyer. I joined what was then Credit Suisse First Boston as a junior litigation lawyer in the late 90s. And I stayed at the bank, as you indicated, almost 20 years, Uh, did a number of different roles uh, in my years at the bank, including regional and divisional head of litigation uh, in the Americas and for the investment bank, ultimately became global head of litigation, government investigations and employment law. I had teams of lawyers in New York and London and Switzerland and Hong Kong. I also played a role in the risk division. I was head of reputational risk for the Americas. So I I had the good fortune to do a number of different things in the bank. Just about six months ago, I joined uh, Cahill Gordon as a partner in the litigation group. Back on the music side, has that experience studying and performing been part of your career, helped your career? It's a it's a great question. I, I'm often asked that because I've, I've always had and I have today uh, both a guitar and a keyboard in my office, uh, which I did through the years at Credit Suisse as well. My own view is that the law is often viewed in a, in a rather narrow way. I don't actually think of it that way at all. Uh, I think of the law as a part of the whole human experience that we all live. Our interest in music, in literature, in in the arts, in sports, in human dynamics, uh, solving problems. Uh, Solving a legal problem is not really that different from a person who's trying to uh, work through a problem in their personal life. And often that involves all kinds of other tools and mechanisms like music, things that help you think through and different ways of expressing ideas. And music, for example, is really its own language. That's always uh, been a very big part of the way that I think and, and the way that I operate. And I think a lot of people actually agree with that, even though they may not have implemented it you know, in quite the way that I've done over the years. One of the interesting things when you do have instruments in your office, and again, we don't sit around at Cahill Gordon playing music all day, but you know, here and there, there's an opportunity for a little blues or, or a little riff that you can do. And, and I think what I always find fascinating, and I found this at the bank as well, is that 
people, when they see these instruments, they'll, it's quite magnetic. They'll walk over and they'll start to play a little bit. And it's a wonderful way to connect with people. Often I found that if you're trying to negotiate a a difficult settlement or uh, work through an issue that somebody's nervous about or sensitive about, you know, the music can actually make a positive difference. Fantastic. Are there other personal strengths or habits that you feel have led to your success? Well, I, I don't know if it's led to my success. I would say I'm a, I'm a religious person. I'm an observant Jew, and that certainly has played a role in my life. I think it's given me some context. It's given me uh, a focus on the, the need to be understanding of people and to be respectful of people and to try to conduct oneself in a way that will reflect well. I think that's been a big part of my life, and I'm sure it's affected how I've approached my work as well. Great response. Diving into more of the legal side of of your life and career, I assume as the in-house provider of legal services, you contracted at times with outside counsel. What specifically did you look for in the firms or partners that you chose? Well, I think the traits that I, I looked for from a client perspective were professional excellence, which I think is responsiveness, sensitivity to the client's needs, experience. I think the traits that you look for are people who really are trying to be respectful of the client and respectful of the client's needs, as opposed to concerned about their own prominence and standing as, as law firm lawyers. Uh, those, those people tend to be more high maintenance and think they're less uh, effective for the client. So how did you get to that during the evaluation process? Were there certain things you looked for in the selection process, references or preparedness in that process that led you to select one firm or partner over another? I think that there are many different ways in my experience as to how law firm lawyers are hired. A big part of it is a personal sense of comfort in terms of the in-house lawyer or business person who's actually making the selection. My own view is people tend to hire lawyers whom they know, whom they trust, and whom they like. Those are the key factors. Obviously, there are also issues like skill set, specific expertise in a given area. If you're talking about civil litigation matters, I think experience, sound legal analysis, um, ability to be a good advocate, a good uh, trial lawyer, a good negotiator of resolutions. Those are important skills. On the regulatory side, I think government experience can be helpful. I don't think it's uh, dispositive in terms of doing good work in the government investigation context. I think the most important issue is a lawyer who shows a real sensitivity to the needs of the client. That to me is is a critical factor. So having been now on both sides of the table, both the hiring of outside counsel, contracting of outside counsel, as well as now providing services representing your firm, has that changed your approach or has it made you more thoughtful about how you're talking to a client? Is that more innate now because you've obviously have this extensive experience? Well, I would say that my experience in-house has fundamentally defined the way that I approach my work as an outside lawyer. I started out the most junior litigation person at Credit Suisse in 1998. As I said, I stayed at a bank for many years and did different roles, ultimately became global head of of that function. And I worked with lawyers and law firms all over the world, uh, from solo practitioners to the world's biggest law firms. I think what that left me with is a pretty 
strong feeling about what clients expect and what clients need. And that is very defining to me in how I approach a client today. I think you have to be respectful of what the client needs. There are times where when you deal with an outside law firm, you feel like you are dealing with what the law firm needs and what the law firm partner needs. And that's actually not helpful to the client. It's ultimately not about the law firm. It's about the client. And the more you focus on being a very responsive, creative, low-key provider of practical solutions to problems, I think that's the kind of approach that I appreciate it as a client. And that's what I certainly am trying to do for clients today. I'd like to ask whether your approach changes if there's a business person versus if there's a legal person on that other side of the table. I, I don't think it, it changes the approach. I think what it changes is the way in which you talk about the legal or regulatory issues. If you're talking to another lawyer and certainly talking to a lawyer who is experienced or is, is very familiar with the client, you can obviously go right to the technical discussions and you don't have to explain things that you would obviously have to explain uh, to somebody who's not a lawyer. I also think that a business person often has not only a lack of technical familiarity, that there's an emotional component that they may be facing as well. The law can sometimes be unsettling. It can be frightening. So there is some extra explanation and work that you need to do when you're dealing with business people to bring that measure of calm and explaining the process and explaining that, that part of dealing with legal issues involves living through periods that are unsettling, that are in a limbo until things get resolved. That can be very unsettling, but that is part of the process. Those kinds of discussions are less necessary when you're talking to a another lawyer who's obviously familiar with these types of issues. When you're talking to a client in your current role and really suggesting that they should be preparing for something that might come down the road, of course, that would lead to additional business for your firm. And for some lawyers, they find that uncomfortable to make suggestions because it does look like they're looking for, quote unquote, more business. Is that something you are doing that you are comfortable with because you know it really is the best thing for your client? I, I think it's very case specific. I think that the comment you made at the very end is the defining point. If you can really show and, and it's clear that you are making the comment or you're making the suggestion because it's clearly something that the client should be attending to and it, there's some urgency to it, I think that you know that's okay. I think you have to be very careful not to pester clients or not to make suggestions that will be perceived as nothing more than chasing after them for business. Clients are not stupid. They understand that when an outside lawyer is talking to them at some level, uh, that outside lawyer, of course, would like to do work for the client. That's part of the dynamic. But the best way to end and to undermine a potential client relationship is to be overly aggressive in pitching people and hounding people. And again, I come back to the comments I made before, because what that does is that's making it about you as the outside lawyer. It's not making it about the client. As long as you can find a way to stay on the client's radar screen in a respectful way, in a low maintenance way, so they understand who you are and they understand that you're there, you have to leave it up to the client at the end of the day to make the evaluation about where and when you can be useful to them. And now a word from our sponsor. Used by over 100,000 attorneys nationwide, Lawline makes CLE easy and interesting. Save $100 today on an unlimited subscription by going to lawline.com backslash left foot. 
It would be helpful to hear about a time when either a firm or a partner lawyer pitched a service to you at Credit Suisse and you were very pleased with how they approached your account. It would be great to hear about that success story or, you know, in your time as outside counsel, have you had the experience of talking to a client about uh, providing a service and had success? Simply expressing to the client that you want to do work for them is not a differentiating factor because because presumably every law firm and every law firm lawyer that they're dealing with at some level wants to either do work for them or do more work for them. So that's not a distinguishing factor. Saying to a client, I'd like to do work for you is not news for the client. What is helpful to the client, though, is if you can give them information and provide them with uh, things that, that are actually useful to them. So that might be an analysis of a recent development. That might be cost uh, reduction ideas that could be directly relevant. It also might be developing a relationship of trust with the client over time that isn't based on work. Sometimes, as I said at the very outset, People connect with each other on different levels and for different reasons. If you can impress somebody by how you conduct yourself, how you speak, how you approach another issue that you care about, that can lead a person to say, you know what, I like this person and, and I like the way they approach that issue. I'd like to work with that person. It's not such a direct kind of a process. What you're really trying to do with a client is you're trying to you're trying to leave them with a an accurate impression of who you are as a person and as a professional. That's not something that happens instantaneously. And have you seen an approach that you feel was different or more innovative? And I'll just provide an example. Many of our folks that we interview on Left Foot talk about either writing and becoming very specialized in a niche, and that leads to people actually reaching out to them. Others talk about speaking on a particular topic. And still others really are more apt to really rely on the good work that they do. Those are the folks that tend to come to us and say, okay, what else can I do to highlight skills and what I can bring to clients? Is there anything you've seen that was different or innovative in, in the approach of actually securing specific legal counsel? Well, I think you've highlighted a number of things that absolutely people should do. I mean, I think visibility is important and visibility is something that you can achieve in different ways. I've been practicing law for 25 years, so I've done a lot of things over the years. I've worked with a lot of people. I've handled a lot of civil matters and, and regulatory matters and investigations, and that has put me into contact with business people and lawyers and government officials and so forth over the course of time. That time is, is important. There isn't a way, I think, to wave a magic wand and take all that time and recreate it in a matter of a very short period of time. I do think that you want to be, you want to be visible, and the ways to be visible, as you've pointed out, I think is you've got to put in the hard substantive work. It's really the writing, the speaking, teaching. I have always taught law and business school as part of my legal career. I've taught at Wharton and I've taught at Harvard and other places. And I think that's very constructive because it keeps you on your toes. It keeps you reviewing material. It allows you to talk to academics who have a very different take on the legal and business world. And I think it shows some intellectual curiosity, which I think is an important trait. For a younger lawyer starting out, you've got to be prepared to, to throw yourself at the things that interest you. Write the articles, do the teaching, do the speaking, handle the pro bono cases, pursue your personal interests, because that 
will throw you together with clients who will see you impassioned about something in a different context. Maybe you like to surf and maybe somebody who you surf with has a problem at some point where they'll need your help. Or maybe it's a religious affiliation or maybe it's a cultural thing that you're interested in. But if you're dynamic and you're you're energized about things and you pursue them across the board, it makes your life deeper and richer and puts you in touch with people who will notice you because they'll see how you approach things. So again, I, I think it's a more variegated approach than just sort of hammering some of these traditional methods. I think they're important too. As you say, the speaking, the writing, very important. But I think visibility is a bigger concept. Fantastic response. Very helpful. That advice of go out and do what you enjoy and, and of course, make connections. And through that, it's surprising where business and those connections will lead. Pierre, what do you enjoy most about the work that you do? I think if you're interested in people, that takes care of a lot of it. If somebody comes to you and starts telling you that they have a problem or they're trying to work through something and you can play a constructive role, that's enormously rewarding. It's rewarding on a personal level and it's rewarding on a professional level. Obviously, when you do it professionally, there's the whole infrastructure of the law or regulatory framework that you're dealing with. But in principle, it's the same thing. I think the law as a as a discipline involves a lot more than just dry technical issues. It, it's really a discipline that involves focusing on goals and really trying to be precise about what your end game is, what are you actually trying to achieve, being honest about the strengths and weaknesses in different positions, thinking through strategy, thinking through the psychology of people's agendas and what they're trying to do. I think the human element is is very important. So if you find human beings interesting, I think the law is a wonderful field. That's certainly what I've experienced over the years. Pierre, thank you for sharing your thoughts on business development with our listeners. Any last points you'd like to share before we say goodbye? Something you said before is very, very true in my experience, and that is really look for what is rewarding and fun in what you do every day. Focus on the positives, focus on the creative opportunities that you have. Enjoy your colleagues, enjoy your clients, enjoy the opportunity to learn from people, enjoy the opportunity to mentor people. If you can be an energized and dynamic and curious person, you'll find that people will respond well to you. Fantastic. Pierre, thank you. It's been a pleasure having you as a guest on Let's Live. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Left Foot. Be sure to visit www.leftfoot.net to access show notes, sign up for our weekday series, and embrace what it means to lead with the left foot. Thank you.